Welcome to It's Always Day One. My name is George Reed, a former Amazonian turned Amazon consultant. Each week on the podcast, you're going to hear industry experts, brand owners, and Amazon employees share their answers to the basic yet fundamental questions you should be asking yourself about your Amazon business. Now, let's jump in. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of It's Always Day One. About a year ago, I had the founder of Wild Cosmetics come on, um, Charlie Lewis Bowen. I think I pronounced that correctly. Um, and he wowed me with some of his strategies that Wild were doing then, a kind of reusable, recyclable deodorant. Now, recently, I was scrolling through LinkedIn, which I do quite a lot of because I'm sad like that, and saw Isaac Good, who's joining us today, post an incredible and beautiful packaging image, um, which was Wild's latest latest kind of um, release into the world, um, and asked him kindly to come on. Isaac's here today going to talk to us about content creative and all that sort of jazz. Isaac, do you want to give us a brief background on, on who you are, what you do, and we can then jump into it? For sure. Well, first off... Thanks for having me and for um, complimenting my packaging so much. It's a good job it's a podcast because I'm <laughs> blushing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I joined Wild at the, the beginning of this year. Um, and I want to say it was a, it was a big, big sort of turning point for the brand, but it feels like every month is a big turning point for us. There's a, you know, everything is always, is always developing. We're always looking ahead, never taking for granted where we are. It's, um, it's just such a dynamic environment. Yeah, I think um, what I got from that was since you've joined, it's accelerated massively. Is that, <laughs> is that correct? It's if gone that, from strength to strength. Yeah, if, I mean, if that was the subtext, I won't argue with it. I'll put that as the kind of tagline <laughs> for the episode. Um, so obviously your role was creative lead, if I've read LinkedIn correctly. What, what mm-hmm. exactly does that look like to give me a better understanding than probably others? Um, it depends which day you're asking. Um, it's an incredibly varied role, uh, which I'm, I'm very fortunate to do. So this, this extends pretty much everything that, that might need, you know, creative input across the brand from, you know, um, new products, um, social content, websites, um, packaging, as you mentioned. Um, yeah, every, every day is different. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of photography at the moment as well. So we have we have an in-house studio now. So for you know sometimes weeks at a time, I'm just in there shooting as much content as I can with a uh, you know all of the products and new things that we're launching. And that's that's an interesting take. I mean, at what point did you decide that you needed to bring that in-house? Was it always in-house? Was that a conscious decision where you were like, we need in-house, or was it something where one day you were like, in order for us to continuously be great with content? we need to be able to rattle out quickly on a regular basis. Was that your decision or? Uh, no, that, that was def- definitely a decision that was made, but it was made before I joined and it was the reason that I joined. Um, mm-hmm. So before I joined, there was a, pretty much all of it was, was done via, via freelancers and agencies. Um, and they did a fantastic job from, from day one. It's, it's, it's very clear that our co-founders, Freddie and Charlie, put a lot of, effort and you know the necessary budget into creative which just gave such a, a great platform for me to start from and then mm-hmm. obviously once it c- comes in house you have much more sort of control and you can experiment a bit more um and it's just it's just developed amazingly since then 
Yeah, and I can certainly kind of see that developing as well. You know, I've looked at some of your new um, new videos that came out recently as well, kind of June, July period, really strong. So you can see that kind of maturing, I guess you could say. Um, with with that in mind, is there any particular, it's kind of a tricky question, hopefully I don't struggle too much to answer, but are there any processes that you're putting in place right now to allow you to achieve this higher level of content? whether it's, you know, dig into one if you want, packaging or video. Is there anything you're putting in place to help? Uh, it's, I like to say yes, but it's, it's, it's always, always changing. I think one of the benefits of being a startup and, you know, even though we're, we're growing a bit bigger now, we're not, we're not losing that mentality. So there's, there's so much crossover between the different departments. Um, and I'm a, I'm a very methodical creative i like a lot of data i like a lot of you know research to go into why something looks looks the way it does and i think we benefit massively from having um an incredibly creative team whether they work in creative or not um so there's just always another perspective to add into something uh, we have a lot of debriefs on you know past past campaigns so we can see what works what didn't work what we can do different you know always always putting in curveballs uh, to, you know, test the waters. So there's not there's not really a set uh, sort of like procedure in, in place at the minute. It's just sort of taking anything and everything and then and then kind of living in the chaos and, um, you know, trying to mould it into something that we can send out into the wild. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had, I had to, to put slide the it in. in That's yeah, warm. Sorry. We need like a little, like a little <laughs> bell that's going to go off every time you say that. Um, so I really like your mindset there about how you're always trying to make decisions based on some data point, if you can. And this leads me quite nicely into the Facebook group, which Charlie and I spoke about initially and complimented you guys on. How how exactly are you taking content from that group right now and using it within your creative work? In, in kind of an, an abstract way. So... The thing about creative is, especially when you see it on, on, on social, is that the vast majority of people will sort of take the action from it that you would hope in terms of, you know, if it's a if it's a sale ad or something like that, they'll then, you know, go to the website and, and shop the sale. But very rarely do people comment directly on the creative. So we have to sort of judge by the reaction Um you know, whether that, that, that just be, you know, looking at like link clicks and things like that, rather than, mm -hmm. you know, what actually works, um, you know, visually, you kind of have to like read between the lines with it. Um, but at the same time with this kind of VIP group that we have, we, we, we can be quite honest with them. And if we, you know, if we want to show them two or three, three images to head up a project, a project or a campaign and say, which of these, you know, do you, do you feel what works best? We, we could do. Yeah, and that's some of the things that I saw working beautifully, and I was that, that inspired some of your product decisions as well. Um, one of the things I, I particularly enjoyed was asking them how they described the product, um, and then obviously using that as customer language to then embed it within within some of your creative work, copy as well as design. I imagine. So, are you from your perspective? Are you going okay? I see what they've done there. When I'm then thinking about the ads, when I'm then thinking about our landing pages, when I'm then thinking about our uh, social, are you embedding that? Is that I am assuming? Am I assuming yeah. correct? 
Yeah, one hundred percent. I think I think the the most obvious way that that has manifested itself is in the is in the packaging, not the retail packaging, the packaging you get when you order direct from us, um, which we obviously want to look nice so that when people open it, they like it. If they you know if they're filming themselves opening it, we want it to look good, but it also needs to have a, a lot of education you know, crammed in there without just being hit with a, you know, 100-page instruction manual. Um, so definitely looking at the way that people react when they first see the product. We've done tests when they receive the products without any information, with a little bit of information, with lots of information. Um, yeah, and definitely looking at the way that they, you know, they naturally handle it, the kind of language they use to describe it. Um, and that's that sort of manifested in, I don't know if you've seen, but on the on on pretty much every box now you get you have like a technical illustration of the case with steps using the language that we've been Mm -hmm. presented with as opposed to what what we call it in-house you know it's um Mm -hmm. i don't even need to think about how to you know open the case it's like it's like i'm a soldier like rebuilding a rifle with a blindfold on you know (laughs) so it's yeah it's 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 a strange one because you don't want to say Oh, it's um, you know we're, you know we're taking this information from from people who are completely ignorant to the whole brand, like they still have an awareness, but mm-hmm. they, not not being affiliated with the brand, they still have that kind of like raw raw sort of honesty that you need. Mm-hmm. No, and I love that the split testing goes right the way down to the unboxing as well. That one of the things I'm quite passionate about is invoking an emotion at every possible touch point. And one of those touch points, without doubt, is obviously the first physical one you have with a product until you obviously went into Sainsbury's was was that unboxing experience. Um, how did you then capture data? I don't know if this was part of your um, area of expertise, but how were you capturing that? Because you obviously designed the packaging, no doubt, and the mm-hmm. unboxing experience was on you. How are you then going, right, guys, um, I need I need this from you? What, and what was that if that was the case yeah well this is this sort of links back to what i was saying before about having such a, a great team that works you know um, overlapped with each other so much so we have um i suppose it would have been the marketing team that sort of arranged uh, a series of, of send outs to mostly sort of like friends and family that, that we have um that we then unbeknownst to them we we sort of section them off um in terms of you know demographic and and, uh, and how much they know about the product, the idea being that most of them knew nothing about it, and then put them into categories of okay, you're going to receive a box with you know the bare minimum. You're going to receive a box with like a tiny hint of what to do, um, and that that came about quite quite naturally to be honest. Like that was redoing that packaging was one of the projects that was sort of known when I came on board. So all of those sort of like, you know, wheels are in motion, but that kind of thing has continued on, you know, we're all sort of aware of like, you know, constantly what we can, what we can do to improve. So yeah, sometimes things, things need to be actioned, but, but quite often they just happen because everyone's, um, to use my favorite phrase, part of the language, everyone's got their shit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely understand um, where you're coming from there. I like the phrase, they're just, they're just on it. They just, they get it. Yeah, they're just on it. That's, that's probably a bit, a bit polite. Everyone's on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I completely get that. 
Hey folks, it's George here. I'd like you to check out my new site, georges.blog. It's where you can find all of my famous weekly emails, as well as how we can work together. To repeat, that's georges.blog. Now, let's carry on with the episode. So if we think about flipping on the other side of things where some companies perhaps aren't on it, um, because what a lot of what I see is brands that struggle a bit with their creative and they just seem to miss a trick. And I'm sure you see this because you've got a much better eye than I do. Why do you why do you think that is? And that could be competitors or whatever. Why do you why do they miss something? I I could ramble on for days about sort of like creatives and creative approaches. There's there's never a wrong one. There's definitely um a better way to approach it from a a more, um, I guess, response-driven tri- point. Um, as I said before, I'm mm-hmm. a very methodical creative. If if every challenge was a uh, was blue sky thinking with 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 no input, you know, making something from nothing, I I'd, I'd struggle every time. And it's it's great that some people can do that, but then you sort of miss miss the aim if you don't start off with the right right information and then you end up at last minute having to you know change direction or or shoehorn a product or you know some information something that wasn't built to contain it which then doesn't work um i think i think a lot of it as well comes down to the size of of the creative team um so for me at wild i am technically the only creative but because i have such an incredible team that I can sort of bounce ideas off and, you know, they can come to me with ideas, which they do on the regular, which is amazing. Um, it gives me the ability to sort of stand back from creative and, and see, and see the bigger picture as opposed to if you are working alone quite a lot, then you are zoomed in dealing with the minuscule and it's, it's so easy to miss the overall message. Yeah. I can actually resonate quite heavily with that when it's even just come down to playing with with my website for instance on the blog like you get so ingrained into it and then you haven't necessarily got someone else you can go i need an opinion from someone else who is on it who uh who can whose opinion i trust and you can just take it from a different angle um so it's interesting that obviously you're you're the sole creative kind of lead but then you're you're leading into other people from another brand listing on here how could they take that and create some sort of action obviously it's happened through the culture in your team naturally which is beautiful but is there anything that someone else listening can go my content's a bit shoddy right now let's look to action xyz to get us to a better place i think i think having having the sort of point guy to to action things and not not necessarily have the final say but to be the lead on it is definitely important but it's important that that person be a collaborative person um and then within that as well it's always important to be aware of where the information is coming from so someone might say oh it needs like you know this here for example and that person needs to be able to go, okay, I understand why you want that there. It's not going to work, but I understand the point of it. And then that's going to manifest somewhere else as, as something else. So it still does, you know, everything still, still performs as it should, but you're not sort of relinquishing control of 
you know, the small details to perhaps people with, without the, uh, you know, the insight to make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I completely get that. Um, and leading on, obviously, sometimes you're going to see loads of examples of this, and I see a lot as well. What what mistakes are you seeing a lot of right now for, from other brands? And you've touched upon a, a little bit there of how you can avoid them, but is there any kind of follow-ups of how they can just go, don't go down this path? Well, again, it, it's difficult to say with, you know, you have to be aware of where where the perspective is coming from. You know, um, in the previous question, it's more about creative opinions coming from non-creative sources. Um, and now it's, it's, it's kind of the other way around. You know, I might see things and say, do you know what, those two lines of text are too far apart and I can't see anything beyond that. So as a, mm-hmm. as a kind of like general audience member, I'm, I'm perhaps not the best um, call for uh, to, to, to really question that because um, I, I would just focus on the smaller details. Um, sorry, can you repeat the question for me? <laughs> I was saying, what, what mistakes do you see most from brands, I guess, to keep it simple? Yes. Um, so probably um, repetition. It's always good to, to sort of see the same thing and sort of like build up that awareness in, in your head. But when you are seeing the same creative a month after month, it's, you know, you, 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 you just don't see it anymore. You're not aware of it. It needs to be switched up. Um <laughs> I realize obviously not, not every brand has the kind of capacity to be, you know, churning out new content every week, but I think just keeping things fresh, but with the same sort of brand feeling. So it's, it's a good kind of repetition mm-hmm. as opposed think, to monotony. Um, I spoke about this recently as well um, with another guy. I'll have to send you his podcast. I can't remember his name now, but he, he used the analogy of, when you have filter coffee, you've got the filter bag and the coffee beans on top. The coffee beans on top represent your brand. And then you pour the creative through your brand each time. And then the creative comes out the bottom. Whatever you're doing, you're filtering through your brand. So there is a consistency, but each time it's going to be a little bit different because it's filtered through slightly differently. So I quite like the analogy and I see where you're coming from there. Like There's commonalities, but we're also different each time as well. I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna absorb that into my own um, you know collection of metaphors. But I might change okay. it to a cast iron pan. You know how like every time you cook okay. it, it absorbs a bit more of the food. Yeah, yeah, like, like a pan. pan. Yeah, where they're like, don't wash it, keep it filthy and greasy because it's got a bit <laughs> of food in there, um, and that matures over time as well. So those original images have got something nice about them. They both work, exactly. my friend. Yeah, as long I as it's as- been. I was going to say, it's been an absolute pleasure, um, pleasure chatting. Hopefully you got some enjoyments out of it as much as I did, but there's stacks to go out there and those are nice little nuggets that we can um, hopefully share with the audience. Oh, it's, it's, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much. It's, um, it's, it's always great to be able to talk about these things in a kind of, you know, you know open and understanding environment. Absolutely. And if people want to see a bit more from you, you've been sharing some great inspiration at the moment. Um, where's best to get hold of you or see your content? Um, probably Instagram, to be honest. I have a website, but like, like, like most creatives, it's, um, you know, I built it a few years ago and then not really touched it since. Um, so Instagram, so the wild Instagram is probably the best place. That's where all the best content of mine goes, uh, which is um, wild Rethel, at wild Rethel. Beautiful. Um, well, 
thanks again mate appreciate the chat and i'll speak to you soon perfect thank you very much Hey guys, just a quick one. If you are enjoying the podcast and either have some actionable next steps or new ideas, I'd really appreciate if you could, one, subscribe to the show and leave us a review. These are really, really important to us, as you probably know, being in the Amazon world. And two, if you're looking for additional support with your brand, head over to the website, it's alwaysday1.co.uk, where we've got links to other resources. That's all for now, guys. Speak soon.